Welcome to the Be Brave podcast, where ordinary, badass, brave women speak their stories of courage and strength. We hope that by hearing the struggles and successes of women just like you, it will help you be brave. Please note that the Be Brave podcast does cover adult topics that include overcoming adversity in areas of sexual abuse, addiction, depression, and other difficult experiences. Today we have Christy Vogel with us who will be discussing how she overcame adversity with hearing loss that she found out as a young child. Christy was told two incredible things at the age of 11 years old. One, that she had hearing loss probably since she was born. And two, she had taught herself to read lips without even knowing it. Since then, she's been teaching herself to do all kinds of things, including how to ride a unicycle. She recently discovered that her hearing loss was not supposed to be a negative thing in her life, but was instead a part of her grand purpose. Christy was supposed to be wearing hearing aids as a child, but they were just too expensive and insurance didn't cover them. Unfortunately, insurance still rarely covers hearing aids. She was 23 years old when she could finally afford them. When she first put them on, she heard all the sounds that she had been missing all of her life. Fast forward about 25 years later, Christy got the idea of creating a nonprofit to help hearing impaired people who can't afford hearing aids to get them. They are about $6,000 for a quality pair these days. She got the idea from her brother who donated his old hearing aids to their cousin who couldn't afford them. She saw how much his life changed for the better with work and home life. The nonprofit, Sounding Joy, will be officially launched in early of 2022. Christy has a husband, Bill, who is a health and longevity coach for men over 50, and a daughter, Lexi, who's 22 and works for Dell Technologies in Austin, Texas. Bill and Christy live in downtown St. Pete with their three dogs, Toby, Murphy, and Merlin. Their favorite thing to do is walk to dinner in downtown St. Petersburg. She's the president and founder of Marketing Direction, Outsource Marketing Experts, which is a proud top 10 member of the University of South Florida's Fast 56, which honors the world's top 56 fastest growing businesses led by University of South Florida alumni. The firm has also been on Tampa Bay Business Journal's top women-owned businesses list since 2015, Tampa Bay Business Journal's 25 largest marketing firms list for 2021, and is certified as a woman-owned business by WE. B-E-N-C International. We are so excited to have Christy with us. She is truly a badass woman who is making things happen and impacting people's lives every day, including mine. Thank you for being with us, Christy. Oh my gosh, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I am so freaking excited to be here. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That's great to hear. We are very excited to have you here as well. With us and Christy, I want to read a quote to you and that we've read to every one of our guests. I found this on Facebook. It's not attributed to anybody, but I thought it was, um, we both think that it is 
very appropriate for our podcast. So it says, one day you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide. Wow. That is what we're hoping to accomplish here. And we hope that you sharing your story will help someone else. That's a great quote. I love it. I wish I knew who said it so I can give that person credit because it's it's beautiful. It's perfect. Yes, definitely inspirational and, and absolutely true. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's why we we have to share our stories. We've got to, you know, we can't keep these things to ourselves. We've got, it, it's almost like a, in our DNA that we, it's our job our per- part of our purpose to share, to help others get through it because we all go through it, right? You know, we if we figured it out, it's because we've got the bumps and bruises along the way. So why not share that information up front and um, help somebody maybe skip a, a bump or a bruise or two? Although they do give us character, don't they? <laughs> yes. Sometimes I could do with a little less character, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah. And, and Christy, like you, you've overcome some significant adversity and we know like Karen and I talk about all the time, how it's a choice to take what you've been dealt and turn it into something good or to be choosing happiness instead of maybe self-pity. So at 11 years old, you were told some pretty rough things. And now here you are creating a nonprofit to help others. Like that is definitely, you know, turning your pain or your misfortune, if you want to look at it that way and saying, nope, it wasn't pain. It wasn't misfortune. Maybe it was really fortunate because now I can turn that and help other people as I might've wanted to help myself. So yeah, tell us about that journey. Well, you know, it's, it's so interesting because you hear all the time that you spend half of your life trying to figure out what your purpose is. And then you spend the other half of the life doing something about it. I think I spent a little more than half of my life trying to figure out what the heck my purpose was, but, um, but at least I figured it out. Right. And, you know, yes, I was told at 11 that, that I was hearing impaired and that I was reading lips. And, you know, of course I didn't believe anybody, um, on either of those two, two things. And I just went through life thinking I was totally fine, which, you know, I was totally fine in a lot of different ways, but looking back, I realized just how much I was missing. And in a lot of that period of time in my life as well, I didn't think that I was hearing impaired. Unfortunately, I just thought I was stupid. And that was- Hold up, stupid. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was stupid because uh, it would take me longer to figure things out. Um, which, you know, looking back, it was because I was reading the lips. So I was reading lips. I was putting what audio together with the lip reading that I could and trying to figure out what that, what that statement, what that sentence was that was being spoken to me. You know, if they're covering up your lips or if they're walking away from me when they were saying it, you know, I had even less information to be able to put those two things together. So as an 11 year old, and and I was born um, hearing impaired. So it was even before I was 11, it was just, a, I was 11 when I was actually told what the heck was going on and really didn't believe it. I don't think my parents wanted to believe it either, but it was, it was in my mind that I was just not getting it. So I must be stupid. And 
you know, other people would pick things up a lot more quickly than I would. So I must be stupid. And so that was a recurring conversation that I had going on in my brain. And it wasn't, and I, I couldn't tell you how old I was until I really looked back and realized, oh my gosh, I, I wasn't stupid. I was just actually not able to hear. I was at a disadvantage. I was trying to figure things out. So honestly, ladies, I think it was within the last couple of years or so that I stopped and I looked back and I said, holy crap, I must have been somewhat intelligent to be able to teach myself to read lips and without even realizing it. And, you know, I had pretty good grades as a, a kid in elementary school. So even with the disadvantage that I had, I was still doing pretty good, but it took it just until, like I said, a couple of years ago to stop and look back and say, Christy, you weren't stupid. <laughs> you weren't stupid. You wouldn't have been able to do what you did at that time if, if you were. So I was able to really turn that around in my brain. I've still got, you know, a lot of the scars in, in, in my brain that, you know, we try to knock them out. It's like a muscle. And, you know, within that, my brain, there's still that, it's like a habit of just being used to being thought of as thinking of yourself as less than intelligent than everybody else in the room. So I've still got to work on that every day, sometimes hourly, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, now just really coming to that realization recently in my life has really shifted my mindset. It's shifted, uh, you know, how I feel about myself. It's shifted certainly what, what I need to do with this life in going through that, that process. I realized that within very like, gosh, within not even six months ago or so that I am here to ignite joy in others. And so that's how this, this nonprofit that you mentioned sounding joy is so perfectly working into all facets of my life. So I spent, you know, it took me 53 years or so to figure out what my purpose was. What's my purpose? To provide others with hearing aids that can't afford it. Well, guess what, ladies? Had I not been born hearing impaired, had I not gone through whatever, everything that I went through, had I not been able to afford hearing aids until I was in my mid-20s, I would not be passionate enough about what I'm doing today in order to try to save the world from having to go through what I went through and thinking that they were anything less than brilliant, anything less than being able to do amazing things on this, on this earth because they can't hear. And it infuriates me. This is me getting on my soapbox. It infuriates me that to this day, hearing aids are still looked at by the medical profession as an accessory and not something that is absolutely needed. I cannot, I cannot function without my hearing aids. It's as if, if it, to equate to how I hear without my hearing aids, put your fingers in your ears and try to have a conversation with someone. So this is not something that just makes my life a little easier. This is something that I absolutely 100% cannot function with, cannot have a conversation with. And they're looked at as an accessory and insurance does not pay for them. They, if they pay for them, it's minimally. And in the scheme of things, if you use insurance, it, you're not really getting the hearing aids that are right specifically for you. So it really doesn't make sense to, to use the insurance when 
it happens. Even on the Medicare side for uh, seniors, Medicare uh, barely covers any of them. It's interesting. So of course, I haven't been in your shoes. I would have thought that when you were 11 years old and you found out you have hearing loss, you're hearing impaired, you need hearing aids, it would have been a light bulb moment. Oh, I understand. So I'm not stupid. This is what's been happening to me. This is great. Thanks. And it sounded like you were distrustful and you're, it was only what, a couple of years ago that you've started thinking, you know what, you're thinking back on you as a child and I wasn't stupid. It's amazing how those first 11 years impacted you for so long. It wasn't an instant, oh, that's the problem. Okay, great. We're all set here. I, that that just yeah. really, that sticks with me. That's a great point, Kara, especially because this woman that we're interviewing right now, I just named off a bunch of badass accomplishments that a lot of people without a hearing impairment could not achieve. So, and you were achieving these things well before a couple of years ago, Christy. So why do you think that is, Kara? Is that your follow-up question? Like, why do you think that is that it took you this long to realize these things or? That's part of it, but it was, it was also going, you know, Patty and I talk about the itty bitty shitty committee that lives inside of us. And you've kind of alluded to it as a muscle and retraining your muscle, not to think that you are stupid, were stupid or, or are lacking. And I don't know if if that kind of translate into our version of the itty bitty shitty committee, where you have to silence some of those voices that are like, yeah, you're not good enough. You're not going to do that. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, uh, you know, I, I think it was, it's been an ongoing struggle because some days, you know, when we're on, it's like, oh yeah, I, I got this. I'm, I'm pretty damn smart. Yeah, I can, I can do this. I, I built this company. I'm bringing on some good clients. Yes. You know, yada, yada, yada. And then as soon as you, you feel a little vulnerable or maybe something didn't go your way, or maybe a, a client says, well, what the heck was that? Or, it, you know, kind of question something. All of a sudden you go back into that oh my gosh, they're right. I'm stupid. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm an imposter. And I'm just going to disappoint the hell out of anybody that, that I talk to. And so it, it's, it's, we keep saying it's a muscle. It really is a muscle. And then, you know, I recently was introduced to the whole Tony Robbins program, which, uh, yeah, I'm drinking that Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very tasty. Um, let me tell you. But, you know, we went through and that was just recently, gosh, I started doing that in March of of this year. And here we are in October. So it's basically yesterday. But going through that program has allowed me to really get the tools that I need to continue to build that muscle and to push out the itty bitty to the shitty community. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was the president of the itty bitty titty club at one point. So I keep reverting back to that. That's what it reminds me of too, because I was part of that club. <laughs> I knew we knew each other, Karen. <laughs> but anyway, through that, you know, through that program, I've got the tools that and as soon as I'm waking up in the morning, I'm reinforcing the fact of, of how awesome things are and how I am smart enough and I'm not going to let people down and that, you know, I deserve, I'm earning what I'm getting. And it wasn't just coming because people were just felt sorry for me and they were just being nice. So it's, you know, it's something, and I still have those glimmers. I mean, and I think I always will, but I got to keep building, I got to keep building that muscle. So 
I'm grateful for those tools. And then also it was back in March that I realized, you know, I was always going to start a nonprofit. I always knew it was a good idea, maybe down the road, maybe after I retire, maybe after I have absolutely nothing else on my plate to do. You know how that is, right? You know, we've always got these things that we plan on doing, but it's always down the road. It's always down the road. It was through the same uh, program with it was called Unleash the Power Within that made me stand up and say, damn it, I'm going to start this nonprofit. And within 30 seconds of saying, I'm going to start this nonprofit, do you know what happened? What? I had a $10,000 donor sitting to the right of me saying, awesome. I can see how passionate you are. Let me, let me do this. And I said, oh, shit, now I got to do it. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Yep. We throw it out there and it's like, oh yeah, but nobody was really listening. So, you know, so that's what really held my feet to the fire. So here we are, you know, seven months later and um, we just had our first board meeting and um, we're going to be launching the website in Q1 of 2022. So it's just, it's, be careful what you throw, what you say, because people <laughs> hold you to it. <laughs> That's awesome, Christy. And it's you shared with us that it's going. The website will be soundingjoy.org. and so that's such a great t- title that you said earlier. You you felt like you were put on this earth to bring joy to people. Yeah, and you're going to do that through sound and hearing aids. That's really fabulous. Yes. The word joy is just such a big part of my life. So I, you know, I do want to instill it in as many people as I absolutely can. And then based on what we were just talking about with, you know, feeling stupid, brilliance is another word that is so important to me and just stirs so much in me because there, everyone has that brilliance within them. And it is so sad that most people don't realize the brilliance that they have within them. And so it's my hope through giving people these hearing aids that they do realize, oh my gosh, you know, just like I did It's not because I was anything less than brilliant. It was just because I was at a disadvantage. I was, you know, I was exhausted at night because I was straining all day to try to understand what these people are saying to me. I'm trying to put words together with people's lips and, oh my gosh, add the mask situation with COVID. And so it's even more difficult. And what's interesting about that is I hear time and time again from people who have uh, quote unquote perfect hearing that they are realizing now that they actually relied on lip reading and that with a mask, it's just that much more difficult to communicate. Wow. It's so true. I think our, our, as you're saying that, Christy, I think about how, you know, looking at someone, you just to watch their expression, to see how they move. I think we get a lot of our messages through expression as well. So yes, if, if you can't hear, and then somebody is a medical professional and has a mask on, or in this time of the pandemic, as we're interviewing you right now, and they have a mask on, I, even with a hearing aid, it must be hard because I have a hard time hearing people that are masked up. I'm constantly saying, what, 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 what? So I can't imagine. And I just want to also add that you made it to 11 years old, getting decent grades, not knowing you were hearing impaired. You were putting everything together and figuring it out. That is totally the sign of a brilliant mind. (laughs) Totally. Thank you, Patty. (laughs) 
I mean, in in a time when you should be, it should have been like patting yourself on the back. Yeah, I'm hearing impaired and I'm doing it anyway. I'm figuring it out in spite of this. You were thinking you were You're kicking ass, kicking it right. Instead, the message you were receiving and the and the words that you were forming about your true self couldn't have been further from the truth. But it was, I'm stupid. I'm not enough. I, I don't. I don't maybe matter. And so it took you, you said, 53 years to maybe change that story. So was there a rock bottom that you hit? Was there any time that you can say like, oh my gosh, this is like a rock bottom moment for me around this? I wouldn't call it a rock bottom moment. What I would call it was a turnaround epiphany moment. All my life, I always was. So this is, I suffer from nerve deafness. And this is hereditary. So my mom had it, my grandfather had it, my uncle, my cousin, my my brother. So being hearing impaired was not something new to the family. So it wasn't like I grew up going, oh, you know, woe is me. Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? But a part of me was like, well, shit, why did this happen to me and not somebody else? You know, so why did, you know, why was I part of this family that was that was hearing impaired? And the huge turnaround point for me, and I think I alluded to it a little bit earlier, was that I would not have this passion to see this through had I not lived through it. So had I not been hearing impaired, you guys wouldn't be talking to me right now. It just wouldn't have happened. So it, it this this instead of making me stupid, it was more along the lines of now, you know, now this is my specialty. This is my this is my superpower that gives me the energy, the drive, and the passion to see this through. Because this is going to be a lot of work. It's already been a lot of work. And, you know, just like you ladies, we really don't have a whole lot of this stuff they call extra time to do these other things. So without the passion, I probably would have just said, yeah, you know what, I'm too busy. But I had to live the life that I did. I had to come against the challenges that I did in order to say, hell yeah, I'm doing this. There is no stopping. Give me hurdles. And we've seen hurdles. And I'm sure I'm going to see a lot more of them before we get all of this said and done, even before we give out the first hearing aid. But oh, are we going to give out the first hearing aid and that many more after that? Absolutely. There's no stopping me. And I had to be hearing impaired in order to be at this level. I love your enthusiasm. So to the people who are listening right now, if you can't hear her passion and enthusiasm in her voice, let me tell you how animated she is while she is talking about this. I love it, Christy. You're motivating me. <laughs> yeah, right. what, do you, what do you say to the person who's listening, Christy, who is right now maybe thinking, oh, I wish I had her motivation or... What do you say to those people who are just waiting? Like you said, waiting for when I have enough time or waiting until retirement. Like, what do you say to the person who has their own pile of stuff that they can turn into greatness? How do you tell them to get started? What do you tell them to do? Yeah. So first of all, look at that stuff that, what is that stuff? You know, it's probably the stuff that you've been bitching about all of your life or, you know, questioning or just, you know, saying, you know, poor me. Well, how do you, how do you, why, why were you given that? There's a reason that you were, that you were given that. And how can you learn from that? And how can you help others that have it as well? And how can you help them get 
get a leg up from it. So turn that, you know, turn that disappointment, that pain, because there is a lot of pain with it. Oh my gosh, take those scars. What do you do with those things to help others around you? And it's not, and this is selfish on my part as well, because this is making me feel damn good. So yeah, we're going to help a lot of other people, but this is so freaking fun for me. And I keep, you know, I, I, I keep envisioning the very first pair of hearing aids that we're able to give to someone. That's going to make me happier than the person. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so talk about instilling joy. I'm doing it, you know, I'm doing it for myself before anybody else. So, yeah, it's a little bit selfish. But, it, you know, we, we've all had different knocks along the way. And, and I'm not saying that, that mine is the worst. Mine is just, I mean, my hearing impairment is just a, a little bit uncomfortable. It's, um, I wouldn't even call it a, a disability necessarily. It's just kind of a, a pain in the neck um, that I can get through. There are a lot of people out there. Most people have tougher issues than I do that they have to live with. So I'm not just sitting back and saying, you know, it's just easy. Just turn it around into something positive. It took, you know, it took half my life to be able to do that. So, you know, give it time and don't, you know, don't expect overnight for you to identify these, these things. And now what am I going to do with it? It's definitely, uh, you know, a part of a stage of life and not an overnight um, activity that you can just come up with. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. So just, you know, be patient with it. But I think as long as you start opening your mind to other possibilities and alternatives versus the, you know, look at this, this, this terrible hand I was dealt in life, then things, your perspective starts to change a little bit and your mind begins to shift a little bit. But again, it's like that muscle we keep talking about though. You got to keep thinking of it that way and just be open to perceiving it completely differently. And um, it's going to feel really weird to begin with Believe me, it did for me, and it still does sometimes. You know, it's it's worth the time that's invested to do it, and it's it's a life changer, baby. I mean, I spring out of bed every morning. I had a really good life before I discovered all of this, and now you know, just try to shut me down. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> every day. <laughs> hey, we can see you. the The listeners can't see you, but I'm not trying to shut you down. No way. You're on fire. Woo! <laughs> I have another question for you, especially since this was something that's hereditary for you. I guess um, you said hearing nerve damage. What was the impetus for that hearing test when you were 11? And I mean, do you even was was there no hearing test prior? So back then there were not. So fortunately now you might not be aware of this, but uh, infants in the hospital now on their first, I think it's their first day. Uh, will have a hearing test. So they're not they're not putting on baby headphones and they're not putting up their hands left and right. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> but um, but technology, they they can understand, I think, how the sound is bouncing off of their eardrum basically to tell if there's a, a hearing issue or not. So they didn't have anything like that. So maybe that's hope for insurance starting to pay attention and it not becoming an accessory if they're doing tests that young, maybe. Unfortunately, I think it's heading in the wrong direction. From what I, I just was talking to my audiologist, she attended our board meeting a couple of nights ago. And what it looks like is that insurance 
Insurance is going to be getting more involved with hearing. However, they're pulling the audiologist out of it. And so they're bypassing the audiologist. So this is all going to be mail order. They're going to be sending people hearing aids without them being programmed. It's going to be a phone call or maybe a, a hearing test over the phone. I mean, how do you do that? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I'm sure they're going to come up with, you know, something a little better than that. But the thing is that the sad part is that it may drive down the cost of hearing aids if you're pulling out a hearing professional and just shipping people these things. And, and people are already buying them on Amazon and what have you for a lot less, less money. But what happens is when they're not Number one, I don't know how many hearing aid manufacturers out there, but there are a lot. And people ask me all the time, well, should I do Miracle Ears? Should I do Audible? Should I do? I said, no, you don't do those because if you go to Miracle Ear, they're going to fit you with a Miracle Ear hearing aid, no matter what your hearing issues are. And there are a lot of different hearing issues out there. Same with Audible. Well, instead, you go to an audiologist who has relationships with all the manufacturers and they're going to fit you with something that is best for you. Uh-huh. So there's not a one size fits all. So what's mm. going to happen with this mail order stuff is people are going to get them. They're going to, you know, maybe it's going to help them a little bit, but not the full potential that they could be helping them. And they're going to end up on their dresser mm. and they're not going to wear them because mm. they weren't properly fitted and they weren't properly programmed. So now mm. you're going to have people are going to be giving uh, hearing aids a bad rap. And saying, yeah, they didn't work. You know, maybe my hearing wasn't all that bad in the first place. And then they live the rest of their life without them. So I think that there are going to be real issues related to that. And I apologize because I totally went off on a tangent. I brought you there, Christy. I do that sometimes. I know, Patty. I love I love the hearing we take. I love, but I will I will revert back because this is this is a very important, this is something in my life that to this day is still hard to talk about. So you asked me when um, they first caught this. So I was in the sixth grade, uh, so 11 years old. We were we were all piled into the media center, the, the library, and we were in these long lines that were managed by the parent volunteers. And it was one of those, they put the headset on and you put your hands up, but we weren't in a separate room. We were out there in the middle of everybody. So everybody saw what everybody else was doing. And so I was, I don't know, about 25 kids back in line. And so we're all, you know, just talking amongst ourselves and whatever. And when it was going to be our turn, it was going to be our turn. And so each child, one by one, would go through the test. They would sit for maybe two minutes or so, beep, 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 lifting their hands on either side that they were hearing uh, the beep on. And then they would be done and then they would uh, walk back to class. So I sit down. I finally get up there. I take my take take the seat, and um, it's not working. I'm not hearing any beeps, and so I'm thinking, well, they're going to fix it. There's you know some issue there. So I get I can't really hear the person in front of me because I've got these headphones on, but um, she's clearly not very happy with me. So she yanks off the the headset, points her finger at me. I'm being scolded because I'm screwing around and I'm not following the rules. Which that age. At that age, I, I followed rules <laughs> because oh, if we didn't follow rules, you know, we, we got in trouble and we, you know, we didn't like it. We were on restriction or we, you know, got the belt, whatever. So I follow the rules, especially when a, you know, a teacher or a volunteer like that. So 
I threw the headphones back on my back on my ears and I heard nothing again. And I was praying just to let me hear a beep. So I thought about throwing my hands up just, you know, just, just to fake it. And I said, no, you know, I, I really, truly thought there was something wrong with the machine. There's something wrong with the machine. It's not me. It's the machine. Mm-hmm. And so because I wasn't, I wasn't following the rules again, I got, they ripped, they yanked the headset off my head, yanked me up by the arm and shoved me to the back of the line. Oh my God, Christy. How traumatic. So, oh my gosh. Once again, I had about, I don't know, maybe 30 kids in front of me. And all I can think of is that I've got 30 kids to figure out, to learn what beeps are going on what side so I could fake it. Oh my God, Christy. Oh, oh my God. And I didn't do it. <laughs> I tried, which pissed them off even more. But they finally, I think someone finally started figuring out, okay, maybe we do have an issue here. They saw that I wasn't just trying to be a cut up, but my classmates saw this and everybody else went back to class except for me. And can you imagine how I felt when I did finally come back to class? Oh, humiliating. Yeah. Tell us. It was awful. I mean, even my friends were just looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I mean, did you also feel betrayed by these? kind of adults that were around you that are there, you know, at that age, that's not the mindset. You just think no. there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is that I tried and I, I really tried. And so then, then fast forward to, I was referred to a hearing specialist. So we did go to the the soundproof booth and, you know, I'm, I'm there with my mom. And by the way, you know, we, I mean, we were not at the poverty level by any means. We, you know, we, we had a, a nice home and, um, you know, we could, we had food and, and whatever, but there was no money for extras. You know, I was one of four. And so when conversations would come up, like at the dentist, I was told that I needed braces. When you're told you need additional things like that, you don't think, oh, okay, I need braces or whatever. You think, oh, shit, I'm getting in trouble. Oh. Daddy's going to be pissed. Oh, wow. Because we don't have money for this. So that was what was going on in my head where not at the media center right then and there because I didn't equate it to, oh, I need hearing aids. I was just, no, I was just bad. And I was, you know, I was in trouble and I wasn't following the rules. So that's where that was. Fast forward, we go to the hearing specialist and they put me in the soundproof booth. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pass this. I can't not pass this or else I'm going to be in a mess of trouble. Mm. So talk about a little bit of pressure, just a little bit. Wow. Oh, geez. That's a lot of pressure. So there's a little window in this um, soundproof booth. So I could see the hearing specialist and what she was saying. So I'm, she's outside of the booth. She's got a microphone. She's talking to me through, I've got the, I'm in the soundproof booth with the, the headset on. And so she's like, Christy, you know, just relax. We're going to play a little game. And I just want you to repeat back to me the words that, that I'm going to say. And, and what's so funny, ladies, is I was just at the audiologist with my mother last week and they, they are still using the same words. It cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> so they're using like words like hot dog, bathtub, things like that. So yeah, I would just repeat back hot dog, bathtub, what have you. So she goes through about 12, 15 words. 
And I'm like, I'm rocking this. This is good. I can, I'm hearing her. This is great. And she's like, okay, Christy, good job. We're going to, we're going to do this one more time. Okay. Not going to change anything. Just, you know, let's do it again. So she starts talking to me and all I can hear is, so for hot dog, I could hear her, her bathtub. So I, needless to say, I start getting really upset because I'm not going to pass this. I can't even pretend to know what the heck she's saying to me. And so all I could think of is she said she didn't change anything, but something changed. And I was, I decided that she turned down the volume because she wanted me to fail. Mm. And I don't know why she wanted me to fail, but she wanted me to fail. Mm. So we wrapped that up pretty fast because it was obvious I couldn't hear. She pulls me out and she was very nice. Don't get me wrong. She was very nice. But she told, so she pulls me out and she tells my mom. That's when she discovered that uh, she's like, Christy's reading looks. And I'm and I'm not even hearing her because I'm crying and I'm saying, Mom, she turned down the volume. It's not my fault. I'm trying to follow the rules. She turned down the volume. And she says, no, I didn't turn down the volume. And she pulls up a piece of white paper, blank white piece of paper. And she said, all I did differently was I covered my mouth with this piece of paper. Wow. Your daughter is reading my lips. And that's how we found out that I was reading lips. So, but, you know, which was, yay, I was reading lips, but I needed hearing aids. And that was not a good thing to come home to have to say or share. And so, and I was asking my mom about this the other day and she doesn't remember a lot of it, but I said, was there even a conversation with daddy about Christy needs them? And she's like, you know, I don't don't remember. Um, And, and part of me thinks that maybe it just, it wasn't had because it wasn't going to result in anything. And even, and then, you know, for children, there was really no help for hearing aids. Now that has changed a lot, especially with if you're on um, Medicaid, which we were not on Medicaid. And that's another area that we're going to look at too, as far as providing help, because those that are above the poverty line that are not on Medicaid still can't afford $6,000 for hearing aids. Yeah. Right. So there's, you know, there's still that, that need, even if you have parent, both parents are, are working, but they're barely making ends meet. You don't have $6,000 just to, to shell out for, for hearing aids, no matter how, how much they're needed. Well, and with children, I'm assuming since they continue to grow, you would have to change them periodically, right? More often maybe than an adult? Yes, you need to replace them. I don't know how often because as, like I said, I wasn't, a, uh, I didn't have them as a child. So my ears were fully grown when I first started wearing them, but also your hearing continues to change. So my hearing, unfortunately, will continue to diminish. So you need to get new hearing aids because what used to work doesn't work so much anymore. The fantastic news is that technology keeps getting better and better and better. And an example of that is, so now now that I've been wearing them for over 25 years, when I first started wearing them, it was like taking a staticky radio station. For those of you who remember radio, (laughs) (laughs) and if you took a staticky radio station and you just turned it up, what do you have? Louder static, right? And it's not clear. It's, It's just loud static. So that's how the old hearing aids were. It would just turned everything up, which was just you know, not fun at all. So fast forward to, um, I was at a Christmas party with my husband right before COVID hit. Crowded room, 
lots of people uh, chatting. And um, and my husband's a very talkative person. I mean, Patty, you've met him, and, and you know, Bill. Bill was being kind of quiet, you know. And I was like, well, he must he must be tired. Maybe we just need to to go home. It's been a long day. So we get in the elevator to go home. I'm like, you know, not interesting what Joe was saying about what's going on with him at work. And he's like, I didn't hear what Joe was saying. I'm like, you didn't. I'm like, well, what about Mary? What she's talking about with the kids and everything. And he's like. Christy, I didn't hear anything in there. I don't know how you were hearing anything. And I smiled real big. And I said, (laughs) I heard every single word. So that's when I realized that my technology that I had was was surpassing that of of the human, the normal hearing human ear. Wow. Especially in loud situations, because my my hearing aids adapt and will turn off certain microphones that are like around me and will only focus on what's right in front of me. So that coupled with the reading of the lips is allowing allowed me to hear better than my husband did. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> that is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's never been a better time to, if you've got to have hearing aids, the technology is, is pretty fantastic and it's only getting better. That's awesome, Christy, to, to think that you almost have an advantage in a crowded, loud room over the rest of us. I think that's pretty cool. You deserve that. Yeah, absolutely. And I also have this uh, microphone that someone else can clip on to their their shirt. So I play a lot of tennis. So let's say the tennis pro is across the net from me. Of course, it's hard to read lips when they're that far away and you're supposed to be keeping your eye on the ball, right? <laughs> so it just doesn't work. So of course, you're just not hearing anything. And so I play in a lot of clinics where there's a group of six of us running around that, that we're being told what to do, you know, hit an overhead, hit a, a volley, what have you, then square off to the side. And so you really need to hear what's going on and or otherwise you're going to run into somebody, you might get a little dangerous. So with the tennis pro wearing my microphone, I can hear them across the net. So now people in the group in the in the clinic are looking at me saying, what did he say? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's great. So I I just feel like everything's come full circle. And uh, and it's, you know, it's it's a great feeling. And it's something that I never thought I would be able to to participate in or experience. That's great. That is so cool. I love that your technology is better than the rest of ours who don't have technology Technology we were born with. That's incredible. It's amazing. Christy, if you can go back and talk to that 11-year-old now, what would you tell her? Well, first, I give her the biggest, longest hug ever. Yeah. Probably suffocate her. I'd be squeezing her so hard. But I would I would look her straight in the eyes because she'd be reading my lips. <laughs> and I, I would just tell her how truly brilliant and loving she is and that she is not an imposter and that she's not going to disappoint people because she's doing the best that she absolutely can. And, and she's got this. You come this far. You've come so far, kiddo, with something that you didn't even with a hurdle that you didn't even know you had and you just dragged it along with you and did well anyway. So just keep on keeping on and you've got this, you've got it. I love it. 
<laughs> That's perfect. Christy, how did you carry on? So 11 years old, you're diagnosed with a hearing impairment. You don't get your hearing aids until, did you say you're 23? Yeah, I'm in 20s, yeah. So how did you handle that? Like, what, it, what changes did you have to make? Did you make any changes? Did you feel like you had to explain it? Like with now you're, you're with your hearing aids and life is, you know, good as far as being able to adapt, but that gap that you had, that huge 12, 13 year gap that you had, can you tell us about that? Because it it seems like a huge gap in, in your two extremes. It was a huge gap. And what was interesting is, and I'm not sure where the story came from. I think I kind of talked myself out of it in in the first place of, I didn't truly believe that my hearing was as impaired as I was being told. I don't know where I came up with that. And maybe that was just a story I was telling myself. So fast forward to, um, I worked in high school in retail and I would occasionally make a joke of like, oh, yeah, well, supposedly I'm hearing impaired. And people will say, oh, and I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes we'll say hello to you and you just kind of ignore us. I'm like, oh, my gosh, on my worst day, I could be in the worst mood in the world. And if you said hello to me, I might grunt back, but I'm going to. I'm going to respond. I'm going to say, you know, say, ah, or, you know, or uh, hi, how are you? And so, you know, people were noticing and I didn't notice that they were noticing. And because no one ever said anything unless I brought something up like that. Um, another occasion, I worked at the original Outback Steakhouse in uh, in South Tampa when I was in college. And um, it's kind of a funny story. So I, you know, I, I went to the, I approached the the table that I was waiting on. It was four gentlemen at lunch. And of course, it's loud. You know, it's very loud in, in the restaurants. And so I said, what can I get you guys to drink? And they ordered a, a tall drink of water. So I come back with four four glasses of water and they just start cracking up. And I'm like, my pants fall down. What's so, what's so funny. (laughs) And they said, we didn't order a glass of water. We said, my, but what a tall glass of water you are. (laughs) Or a tall (laughs) drink of water you are. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. But even then I just, I kind of blamed it on, well, it was loud. I was busy, you know? So there weren't a lot of occasions that people let me in on them noticing that I was not hearing them. So then fast forward to when I did get my first pair of hearing aids. And that's when I said, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Absolutely no idea. I mean, I didn't know buttons made beeps. I I didn't know blinkers would click. I did. I was missing out on so much, on wow. so much. And wow. that's not even including just, a, you know, conversations with people or people that, you know, knowing that someone was calling out to me when I wasn't facing them. I mean, to this day, I can't understand you if I'm not facing you, but at least I can tell there's somebody saying something back there. Maybe it's to me. Let me turn around and, and, and at least see. So another part of what Sounding Joy is going to be doing is educating people on exactly what I went through because you've got our our veterans 
get hearing aids at absolutely no cost to them, just as they as they should. You know, they they give up our, their lives for for defending our country, and so this is a wonderful benefit that they receive. I don't have a percentage. I don't know that they can calculate this data. I don't know if they have a way of doing it, but the majority of those hearing aids sit on their dressers because number one, I think because it's free, that it's not as valuable to them. And number two, they just don't think they need them that much. And, and I hear this time and time again, and I mentioned that I play tennis. So now when people see my little microphone that I'm handing over to the, the tennis pro, They'll, they'll mention, they'll say, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be wearing hearing aids, but you know, I don't. And I, I will almost get on my knees and beg them and say, you know, are you living with someone that you love? Well, yeah. I said, okay. Do you want them to keep loving you? Because (laughs) take those hearing aids and put them in your ears and that person will love you more and you will become more lovable. And you will not be straining as much as you are. You have no idea what you're missing. And you have no idea how frustrating it is to live with you. And you've got the tools sitting right there in your bedroom and you're not wearing them. So that's going to be another portion of that because you don't know when an audiologist tells you, because especially in my case, it was a slow diminish. It's not like, you know, for people who just lose it overnight because of disease or or an accident or something like that. That then they're like, whoa, okay, I can't hear. But when it slowly diminishes, people don't realize what it is that they're missing. So listen to your audiologist, wear the hearing aids. And, and a lot of it is vanity, which I understand. You know, I, you guys, the listeners can't see me, but um, I have this long, long, long flowing hair that covers up my hearing aids. I'm joking. I have really, really short hair. <laughs> my hair is shorter than most men's. And so I, you know, I don't hide them, but there's a lot of vein out there, which is understandable, but technology is cool now. So when people realize that I'm wearing them, which most people don't anymore because they are so easily um, incognito, people think it's it's a cool factor now instead of being weird and, and awkward. So, you know, if you've got a medical professional telling you, you need these things, if, if a medical professional told you you needed heart surgery, you might get a second opinion, but you're not going to just ignore it and go, you know, yeah. but he probably doesn't know what he's talking about. My heart's still beating right now. So I'm good. <laughs> For some reason with hearing it's, it's different. It's perceived differently. And especially with men, God bless you, men. I don't know why, but wear your hearing aids. Yeah. Thank you. That was a good PSA. Yes. For all the for all the women out there whose whose husbands need to be wearing their hearing aids. God bless them. Christy, what advice would you give a parent to a child that's hearing impaired? Like so you had a family where where nerve damage ran in your family. Maybe there's a a family out there and there's a mom listening right now who has a child who's hearing impaired, who's, who's going through similar feelings that you had at, at 11 years old when you were, you know, Hey, stop fooling around and stop making it difficult. And it becomes a shame thing, or it becomes a, a, a thing where you feel like you're not worthy. So tell us what, what you would tell that mom or that dad. Well, if you have the means, buy the hearing aids, buy the hearing aids, buy the hearing aids. Um, if you don't have the means then Sounding Joy is coming. Um, but in the meantime, there are a lot of organizations out there in our research period for Sounding Joy. 
we realize that there, there are a lot of organizations out there. They're just, they don't make themselves that easily easy to find, unfortunately. So you got to dig and you got to dig. And so with Sounding Joy, we're also going to be a resource. We're going to be easily found because, well, I run a marketing company. So we're going to make sure that awesome. we are easily found so that when parents or people who themselves need uh, hearing aids, they'll be able to come to us. And if they're a better fit for another organization, we'll be able to refer them that way. Well, have you looked here? Have you looked there? So we're going to help dig up all of that and bring those resources to light so that they're not having to spend you know, weeks and weeks just trying to figure it out only to to hit a dead end. So we're going to get an understanding of what their need is, what their situation is. And then if we can't help them, point them in the direction as to how they can get help. Awesome. Christy, I mean, you have given us so much awesome stuff to share with our listeners, overcoming adversity and finding joy and happiness and knowing that it's a choice is the whole theme of this podcast. And you are such an example of that. You you could have taken this story and turned it into something that we wouldn't have wanted to hear on this podcast, right? But instead you took what was handed to you and you've turned it into your own success and your own joy. And now you're helping others find their success and their joy through soundingjoy.org. And I think that's just a unique, special individual who can do that. I'm curious at this stage of your life, what do you wish that you were maybe doing more of that you're not? Because it sounds like you're doing a ton of stuff or maybe, or maybe it's what do you feel like you need to be doing less of? I'm not sure, but I thought that would be a great way to wrap this wrap this up. <laughs> what I need to be doing more of, I would, even though we've made a great deal of progress with Sounding Joy just in the last uh, seven months or so, I wish we were far, further along in the process. Every time I tell my story, I have people asking, what can I do and how can I donate and how can I spread the word? And I'm just like, well, just wait a little bit longer because I want to make sure the donation is tax deductible. And, you know, we just need to make sure that our ducks are in a row. So if I could wave a wand, we would have our 501c3 completed. We're getting close, but we're not there yet. The website would already be launched and uh, we would already have our first fundraising event on the calendar. That being said, all this stuff is going to happen pretty quickly, probably within the next 60 days or so. So we're, we're getting, we're getting there. It's just, I, I just want it to happen now. And, um, but we want to do it right and have everything in line and do it, do it correctly. You know, you don't, you only get one shot with the, the IRS telling you, yes, you are a 501c3. So we want to make sure that we're, we're really doing it methodically and intelligently so that we do get this opportunity uh, sooner rather than rather than later. So that's that's what I would be doing more of. I put a, a team of 28 people on it. Let's get it done. But uh, we're we're working with a, a small but mighty team and um, and we'll get there. We'll get there very soon. I can't wait. I can't wait to go to that website and see what I can do to help. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in awesome. the meantime, in the meantime, Kara, can you tell the listeners how they can get in touch with Christy and maybe help. Like I'm sure there's people that are going to relate to this and probably want to donate maybe money, time, resources, something and help your help your your cause, Christy, and 
help spread your joy. So Kara, can you share that with our listeners? Sure. So after the first of the year and the first quarter of 2022, because we're not quite sure when this podcast is going to be released, if it's then, you can look for soundingjoy.org. And if the website isn't live yet, you can go to www.marketingdirection.com, which is Christie's other company and passion. Those two places, soundingjoy.org or marketingdirection.com. And Kara, are you are you shocked that when I asked Christy what she felt like she needed to do more of or less of that she didn't say, you know, I really need to go for more walks and, you know, I really... I really need a little more downtime. I need to fill my bucket a little bit more because are you shocked by that, Karen? No, I think um, Christy's been incredibly consistent throughout this podcast. <laughs> I think and one of our questions that we have that we like to ask people that we did not need to ask Christy is, what is your passion? <laughs> what do you think came out of the struggle that you had? <laughs> Well, ladies, I, I will say I do a good job of balancing though, because I mentioned tennis a couple of times. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at Pilates. I'm a big foodie. Um, so I'm doing uh, weight training at Rock Solid Fitness. So I am, it's definitely a work life balance and imbalance, but, and I'm, you know, I'm sleeping the way I should be sleeping. So I really am doing a good job of taking care of myself because I do know that I need the energy to get all this stuff done. Good girl. Amen. Yes, Christy. Yes. You have to fill, fill your own bucket first. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. So Christy, I want to thank you for being vulnerable with us and telling your story for taking us back to your 11 year old self and explaining something that you said was difficult to talk about. I really, we really appreciate you sharing that with us and our listeners on this podcast, because I think that's the kind of stuff that makes these podcasts so helpful that somebody can see that it wasn't all, you know, it wasn't like I had said, well, at 11 years old, you just learned that you, um, you had a hearing impairment. So that should be okay. Everything's fine. No, there was a lot behind it. And there was a lot, there was a lot to the discovering. So thank you very much for, for opening up to us and, and, and sharing that with us. We really appreciate it. And I know our listeners do too. Oh, well, thank you for having me ladies and, and kudos to you for creating this platform. We need, you know, we, we need to help each other as much as possible. And this is definitely a fantastic way to be able to, to reach out to those individuals and to provide that help. So thank you. Thank you for doing this and keep doing it. Awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you for being a brave, badass, Christy. You rock. Ah, you ladies rock. Thank you for allowing me to hang out with you tonight. Woohoo! We hope this podcast has inspired and empowered you to overcome what might be holding you back from living your best life. If you love this podcast, please share it with a woman you know who needs a little empowerment. Now go out in the world and be bold, be brave, be you. Perfectly imperfect you. With love. Kara and Patty. But I wonder what would happen if you say what you want to say and let the words fall out. Honestly, I want to see you be brave. I just want to see you. I just want to see you. Just want to see you. I want to see you be brave. All right.
All right, Des, I think we're going to get this party started. Yes. Oh, can we stop recording? Oh, sure, we can stop recording. <laughs> Mixed and edited by Desmond McNeese for We Mixed It, LLC. Go to whatsoundsawesome.com 